This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, live in studio for the next couple hours. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My guy, DeMond Cotton, is behind the wheels of steel. Your boy, Q, going to navigate you through the waters the next couple hours, just coming off the heels of multiple Raiders talking. Rich Bisaccia, the interim head coach, just finished wrapping up his introductory press conference, his first press conference he's had with the Silver and Black as the interim head coach. Earlier today, GM Mike Mayock. Kind of impromptu, talked around 11.30. We got some sound bites from that that we'll bring to you throughout the course of the show. But uh, yeah, interim head coach Rich Basaccia just wrapped up his presser. And it was funny, it was originally scheduled to be on the very first schedule, I think, Damon. It was supposed to be Rich Basaccia about 12, 15, 12.30 today. And I was planning on going to that and being in attendance. And then I was informed it got pushed back to 1.10. So then I said, well, the responsible thing would be to just come to the radio station and not go because I don't want to be that guy that is doing the first segment from the car again. (laughs) I say again because that's happened, (laughs) and that should never happen, but it did. So I made that decision, and it turns out to be a great decision because Rich Basaccia literally did not talk to anybody until, what was it, DeMar, 145? Yeah, about 145. So just a few minutes ago. So literally, he would have just wrapped up. I would have looked up, it would have been 2 o'clock, and I would have been, again, on the phone trying to do the first, probably first two segments from the car. Yeah, because, and then, like, they throw us another curveball where it's Meg Mayock. I think it was announced at 11. Yeah, again, like yeah, 11, 11 o'clock. 11.30, Meg Mayock speaking. So you're excited, but it's like, how are we going to get there? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So I, I missed out on that, but uh, he had a probably about a 10 to 12-minute uh, media session earlier this morning that, like I said, we'll have some uh, sound sound bites to that from from that for sure. Uh, throughout the course of today's show, we have a very active show. Still to, still on the way, though, to speak. Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Max Crosby, all guys that are captains on the team are going to be talking to the media. So uh, the Raiders are rolling everybody out today. Everyone except for the owner, Mark Davis, who Paul Gutierrez from ESPN ran into earlier today at the facility. And uh, Mark had a, a somewhat of an a, a, a angry tone. Is that, At least that's the way I took it from reading the tweet. And it's understandable. I mean, I, I'm not... You know, blaming him for having that that tone, but uh, Paul Gutierrez tweeted out, just spoke with Raiders owner Mark Davis, quote, I have no comment. Ask the NFL. They have all the answers. And then also confirmed that Mike Mayock remains GM and now has 51% control of the roster decisions with interim coach Rich Basaccia, who we just heard from, at 49%. Uh, John Gruden, when he was there, was at 51%, and Mayock was at 49%. But I'm sure anyone who has been following the Silver and Black for long enough and saw how the roster was put together uh, I th- I'm sure that we all, including myself, feel pretty comfortable in saying that uh, John Gruden had a little bit more than 51% of the say. It just, I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, and, and, and Mike Mayock, yeah, he, talks about the, he talks about the percentages and how those numbers really don't matter, uh, but they, they all run through each other. Like, you know, Gruden talked to Mayock, Mayock gave suggestions, Gruden gave suggestions, and sometimes he'd sign off on Mayock's suggestions, sometimes he wouldn't. I mean, it was just one of those things, and uh, I think Mayock said it really well, and we'll hear from him in just a little bit. Uh, he said it really well when he said that our job is to get 
the players that the coaches want. Exactly how he said it's still business as usual. Right. Same if he goes into the coach DV's office and hey, hey, do you like this guy? Do you right. have an experience with this guy? Right. He would do that any other week. Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's basically business as usual. It's nothing really has changed. But that was a good quote that Paul Gutierrez got from Mark Davis earlier uh, earlier in the day before we ever even knew. I never even knew that Mike Mayock was going to speak. And then all of a sudden we found out quick, fast, in a hurry. Started getting alerts uh, when the Raiders put it up on Twitter. And so uh, there you go. So we have, uh, like I said, some sound that we'll bring to you in a, in a very action-packed show, <laughs> by the way. we got a lot Coming up on today's show, as we normally do throughout the course of the week, we usually have some really good guests, and today is no uh, no different. And uh, we're going to put a little bit of a twist on it as well. It won't be just 100% Raider focused, but it's going to be it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot of good stuff that we have for you. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me, man. There you go. You're supposed, easy. You, well, you're supposed to turn my mic off when I'm about to do that, but hey, that's okay. That's way I have my back. I mean, yeah, I mean, just yeah, leave me was, out there I hanging. Was, I was going to work through it. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Well, I worked through it. Yeah, there you go. I am at it. Live you. radio. Yeah, there you go. Coming up at 2.30, Elisa Hernandez. Uh, she joins us quite a bit to talk some uh, some baseball, and she also works for the NFL Network, so she uh, she talks uh, some, some NFL with us as well. But I don't know if you noticed, the Dodgers and the Giants have a game five to play, and it's only the National League Division Series. I mean, I wish it was for all the marbles because this has been such a great series. Uh, both these teams have been amazing all season long, and now it comes down to one game. They're both at 109 each. They've both won 109 games throughout the course of the year. Whoever wins game 110 is moving on to the, the National League Championship Series. That's amazing to me. It's almost itself. unfair that this is only the division. That's what round. I'm saying. It's 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 almost selfishly as a good baseball fan, as someone who just loves to watch good baseball, it's kind of it's kind of a bittersweet, you know, little pill to, to swallow. These but are the best two teams in the entire league. In the entire league. And, and it's not even close. The best two teams. And it's not even close. play for the divisional title. Exactly right. So uh, she'll join us because she does uh, cover the Dodgers. So she'll join us at 2.30 to talk about the Dodgers. But she also is a Denver Bronco fan. So, uh, you know, as as um, she was on the show last time, she talked about the Broncos. She was there. The last time we had her on the show was the opening. Uh, it was the day of, the, of football got started. Remember, she was in Tampa Bay, and it was Tampa Bay and Dallas. And so uh, she said she was going to come back on when the Raiders played the Broncos. So this is the week the Raiders played the Broncos. So we'll get her thoughts on Denver, uh, what she thinks that uh, it's going to happen uh, when the Raiders head to Denver, and just kind of give us a little bit of preview of that. So we'll get a little bit of brief Bronco talk from Elisa, but uh, more and more we'll talk uh, some Dodgers with her. And then at 3 o'clock, Zach Stevens, who is a, Bron- a Broncos uh, beat reporter, he's going to join us as well. He'll talk all things, break it down as we turn the page to the Denver Broncos as everyone prepares prepares for this week six action for the Raiders in a game that they really honestly need to have. I mean, they're sitting there at three and two, still a good record. They've lost two in a row. Denver's sitting there at three and two, yeah, still a good record, same spot. lost two in a they row. They both need this win. It's exactly. Both like, I need this too. Exactly. Denver thinks that it's going to be a cakewalk. They believe that it's going to be a cakewalk. Everyone that, we'll that. I've listened to that has Denver media that they all believe that there's no doubt that they're going to curb stomp the Raiders. They just think that there's too much adversity going on and the Raiders aren't strong enough of a team to overcome it. That that's that's what they're saying in Denver radio airways right now. That's, that's what nonsense. they think. Well, that's nonsense. That's what they think. Why? Maybe they should take the opposite. I know we don't work in Denver media, but it's just like maybe they should be like, hey, man, this team going to come out fired up. This team going to come out like they ready to shock the world. Like they ready to beat somebody up? They got something to prove. I can't answer for them. I don't know. Why. Yeah, I don't know. Why. <laughs> I can't answer for them. I'm well, just Zach saying. Stevens is going to have to answer for all of them. Well, media. I mean, in, in a in a respectful way, we'll ask him. You know, why everyone is so confident, and and how confident is he? You know, he might come out and say, "Hey, I'm not that confident," but 
there's plenty of people that do believe that Denver's just going to have their way with the Raiders. So, uh, that you know, there's been plenty of Raider fans that thought that, hey, the Raiders are going to have their way with the Chargers. Thought they were going to have their way with uh, who they lose to is the Bears. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have their I way mean, the six and seven. Yeah. And I mean, you understand how people get fired up and start thinking one way or the other. So that's, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. If, if you were looking at another team from the outside and you saw everything that's going on right now, you probably think team just lost their head coach. How in the hell? How the hell are they going to be fired up, ready to go? They got an interim head coach. Never been a head coach before. I mean, I, I get it. I get why they're they're confident, but it's going to be up to the players to go out there and, and, and prove that you can't overlook anybody regardless. So we'll talk to Zach Stevens at 3 o'clock to talk all things uh, Broncos as we turn the page. And since we're talking to Elisa Hernandez about the Dodgers at 2.30, at 3.20, we're going to talk to Bonte Hill from 95.7 The Game. That's my guy up in the Bay, uh, and he's covering the Giants. He's covering the Giants uh, like a glove. So it's only right. If it's down to one game and, if, and a chance to, to, to move on to the next round with the two best teams in all of baseball, you got to have one person represent both teams. You can't just, you know, have one person represent the Dodgers and then nobody represent the Giants. So Bonte Hill said he'd, he'd hold that down for me. So 320, Bonte Hill's going to join the show to talk about the Giants and uh, also get his thoughts on Arden Key and Mo Hurst. Remember the guys that Raider Nation told me? Raiders made a mistake by letting go. They were going to go ball out for the Niners. I'll tell you right now, between those two dudes, they have as many sacks as myself and DeMond have. We balling out. <laughs> They've got the same looking stats that me and DeMond have. But that's the thing that Raider fans always hate, where it's just like, we let this guy go, and now he's going to go be a pro He's going to go ball out. Oh, man, how we let this guy go. Right. But now there's an example of, hey, they didn't ball out at the next stop. No. And I, I say it all the time. They rarely do. A lot of time, and, and it's so funny, fans always fall in love with certain players. And even Arden Key, who never did anything with the silver and black except for almost get a sack, almost make a tackle, almost make a play. He was Mr. Almost. I mean, you know, he should have been, what's that sport, horseshoes? Where it's like close is, is good? Yes. That's what, that's, that's what he should have <laughs> uh, been an expert in was horseshoes. <laughs> or hand grenades, but who wants to do that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway, I just thought that that's so funny. So many people were so mad, especially with Mo Hurst. I think Arden Key was, I think people were okay with that. But Mo Hurst, oh, man, Q, he's going to ball out, man. The Raiders made a huge mistake. He's done nothing. He's played in like two games. He's done nothing. Nothing. The third nose tackle on the, the Raiders has better stats than, than Mo Hurst. And he's played in more games. Just throwing that out there. Then at 340, our guy Hondo Carpenter, who's on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker, he's going to check in with us just to give us uh, his thoughts when he was out at practice today, he was there or he is there currently for the media sessions going on. So he'll he'll check in with us just to give us his thoughts. And so uh, we're going to be action packed all show long. Elisa Hernandez, Zach Stevens, Bonte Hill, Hondo Carpenter. And of course, we want to hear from you as well. 702-365-9200. That's Radio Nation listener line. Salmon Ash text line 69187. Keyword R&R. And it's funny. I got hit up today on Twitter and it was a really good question. And my answer, I'll give you my answer before I, I throw the question out there. Basically, my answer was, at the end of the season, if the Raiders go into, this is a, 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 a rebuild mode. If they all of a sudden decide that they're going to do a rebuild, that is a disaster. That is the worst case scenario that could happen, is they go back into a rebuild mode. This can't be rebuild. They've done that, and then they've done it again. Reggie McKenzie, remember, tore the team down. 
built it back up. John Gruden came in, tore the team down, felt like, hey, this, these guys can't win. Got to build it up in, 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 in the image that I want to build this team up to last. Okay, did that. Then all of a sudden, now he's gone. If they go into rebuild mode again, that is worst case scenario. That is something that they should and need to avoid at all costs. So that was my answer. So the question is, and I want to throw it out there to you right now, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200 and Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Q, are we watching the last two years of Carr in a Raiders uniform? If you bring in another offensive philosophy, do they move on from Carr and get picks? Or does Carr say I need to get some money elsewhere and have a chance to win, uh, some, similar to uh, what Matt Stafford did in Detroit? saying that, hey, I need to get out of here. I need to go get a chance to win. And the example, the question was thrown at me about Derek Carr, but that could go for anybody who is a big name on that roster. So could could Raider Nation, do you, do you see that as a possibility? Do you see this team uh, looking at some of these guys on the roster and saying, hey, whoever we bring in as the next head coach, and this is no disrespect to Rich Basaccia, but, I mean, he's the interim head coach. I think he's going to just be the interim head coach. You know, I don't think he's going to be the long-term solution, but you never know. You never know how everything's going to shake out. I think this team has a lot of talent. So, with that being said, and, and that question that was asked, you could put Carr's name in there, but you could also put a Max Crosby's name in there, whose contract's going to be coming up pretty soon. You could put a Hunter Renfro's name in there. You could put a Josh Jacobs' name in there. You could put... Whoever you want, insert anyone who's who's a quality player that you think that the Raiders could go out and, and, and make a move with as a bargaining chip and all of a sudden turn the roster around. But, of course, Derek Carr is the biggest name, and he can get the most because his contract goes through all of 2022, and it's very reasonable. If you look at the contracts that are out there right now, the ones that are being dished out right now, it's very reasonable. So he could, in theory, get a lot of return for him. I think that'd be a worst case scenario. Yeah, that's why it's so difficult to look at this because this isn't, Basachi said this as well in his press conference. You know, normally in these situations when you have an interim coach, it's the end of the season. Let's finish these last two or three games and we'll figure about that. And like, you know, as the all season's coming up, they still got 12 games left. I know. So, I've been saying like, that. Yeah, so that's why it's, like, it's so hard to map out this question that you were proposed on Twitter because if this team makes the playoffs, It'd be hard to let them go, but if this, but like, let's say if the team never wins another but game and unravels, go, yeah, then it's say, like, hey, they don't, they don't owe him any more guaranteed money. Hey, they, 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 now we're justified to start over. But think about this: even if they do make the playoffs, and say Rich Basacci is not kept as the head coach, that's still that's still likely. Yes. What if they bring in someone else and says this is just not who I want? Guys like to bring in their own guys. But I think it's harder to justify that to a fan base, to ownership. Do you have to justify it to a fan base? Does it just does a fan base have to be justified? They don't have to be justified, but it's it's is the it, fan base justified for Khalil Mack being traded yet? Because I, I still hear people very angry about that. I don't think there's yes, ever one, gonna get but justification. One player to saying, hey guys, we're gonna bring in, let's say, a rookie quarterback after this team just made it to the playoffs. Let's say best case scenario wins a wild card game or okay. even competes hard in a wild card game, like, oh, we were a misfield goal away from Moving on. Gotcha. Now, uh, guys, that was that was last. Like, sometimes you can't just say that was last season. Right. Hey, you know, we went ten and seven last year, but now we're gonna maybe you know we're gonna fight hard to a good four and thirteen. Nobody wants to hear that. Right. Ownership. Mark Davis isn't going to want to hear that from no. the coach. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Just so like I'm it just takes. Say, so we, that's why I say it depends. But if best case scenario for this Raider team, it would be hard to just to even. Davis and Mayock, if he's kept as GM, to say, well, we're bringing in a new coach, but we're just going to clean slate 
clean slate everywhere. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I think the question is very valid because you don't know, and that's why you can get a variety of subject or a, a variety of opinions. Just like you just rolled out yours, I think yours is very valid. Just like I said, my answer was worst case scenario is that they they rebuild it. I think that'd be the worst thing that they could do is rebuild it. I think they got plenty of great pieces there on the team to build around. But I'm standing here talking. I'm not in that building pushing buttons. I'm not in that building writing checks. I'm not in that building talent evaluating. I'm standing here talking with you. So what makes sense to us don't always make sense to them. That's why I'm, I'm that's just me playing devil advocate. Just playing both sides of the conversation with the with the question the way it was it was proposed to me. And again, the way that the question was thrown at me was really just about Derek Carr. But I feel like it's it's more than Derek Carr. You know what I mean? I mean, he's got the contract. He is the guy that's going to get would receive the most if the Raiders were to try to trade or if he were to come in and say, "Hell, I don't want to be here no more." Yeah, I feel like if it's just Carr, you could maybe rationalize the fact that they don't owe him any guaranteed money after this year. Or if someone just say, move on from Derek Carr, there is logic behind how they can get away with that skate-free. No more guaranteed money, maybe give right. him a trade or, or no, flat-out release. But then but when it comes who's to your signal the whole, caller then? Marcus Mariota? Sure. Nate Peterman? Give him a second chance. Rookie? Second? How many <laughs> chances he going to have? Come on, man. He only got in the game for like a couple of snaps. That's all you need. We didn't get to see enough. You saw plenty of the preseason. One of the best preseason quarterbacks of all time. Exactly. You said it. One of the best preseason quarterbacks. Of all time. Uh, fine. No one's ever That's taken fine. that many snaps. You don't in win the championships in the preseason, do you? <laughs> well, you just I'm just saying, man. No, I'm just saying. I'm saying we saw a good body of work in that preseason. Yeah, in the preseason. A good body of work in the preseason. That's his claim to fame. A good body of work in the preseason. That should tell you all you need to know about moving forward in a regular season. And in a quest to win a championship, that's all it's about at the end of the day is winning championships. It's not about, oh, it's a good body of work. It's about winning championships, dude. Straight up. Straight up. Got a text. Sam and Ash text line 69187. The thought of another rebuild saddens me, Q. All we have now is hope in car we trust. Got another text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q and D. The Giants-Dodgers series has been a great series. This coming from an A's fan. Tomorrow's decisive game will be epic, no doubt. As for my Raiders, all eyes on the Broncos. This is a must-win game as we are one game out of first place. Let's get back on track. I'm feeling it. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. I like that. That's a good one. That's a good one. He broke everything down that we were just talking about. That's good stuff right there. I love a good listener. Got uh, Raider Dre in San Jose texting in. Nope, this is a Sean McVay away having pieces to win now mode while new guys sprinkle some players from the draft free agency. That's from Raider Dre. So that kind of goes back to your uh, your conversation, which is, again, like I said, worst case scenario would be for them to say, OK, well, we're going to just re- we're going to do this over. That would be a disaster. Absolute disaster. I don't think that that's something that they're going to do. I really don't. But you got to have you got 12 games to go to see to see who's going to ball and who's going to fall. Um. Apparently, Derek Carr is speaking to the media right now. Just got a tweet. Damn, I feel for Carr. You could tell he's hurt. I truly pay, play for, or I truly pray for him emotionally because this is a true test for him. Hmm. That's going to be interesting. I have to go back and listen to that. But uh, that's a good tweet right there. So thank you for that. 702-365-9200, Raider Nation listener line. Definitely want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. Who do we have up first, Damon? Fargo Raider. What's up, Fargo Raider? What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, my homeboys? Q, <laughs> come on. Chilling, man. How y'all doing today? Good. How are you? 
Good, good. I'm just going to say that as far as the the donkeys go, from experience, I'm going to say if they come in here thinking that they're going to pummel us, they're going to get punched in the mouth. They better come in here and show some respect and play like they would any other strong team because that's how you end up losing them games. And we should know because we already, as a fan base, were chattering a little too much and, you know, took a couple licks. Right. I'm going to have to say also, Mayock knocked it out the park. The man is locked in. He ain't playing no more. You know, I love his answer to Hondo when he said, there is no uh, vacuum in leadership here. Let me be clear about that. That's great. That's what I want to hear. That that makes me feel better about the front office, about the GM, mm-hmm. and about our uh, our new head coach. And speaking of Versace, he came in and he spoke like a man was ready to take take a shot and make the most of it. And that's what I want to hear. I mean, I know it's early and I know a lot of us were bummed, but I think that they're going to give it their shot. And the players have already spoke and said, they, you know, they take they they hold themselves accountable. So I want to see that, and I want to feel it on Sunday. You guys have a good one, and thank you for taking my call. Good stuff, man. Good stuff, Fargo Raider, right there. Definitely appreciate you. And uh, yeah, you can't take any team uh, too lightly at all. And uh, you know, I I agree with you when you're saying that the players uh, hold themselves accountable and they got to go out there and do what they got to do. Uh, they just got to make it happen, man. They really do. And and I think that this team is way too talented to just fall flat on their face. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they have some really good leadership and. Those leaders are talking to the media right now. Derek Carr, Max Crosby, uh, uh, Darren Waller. Those all speaking to the media this afternoon. So we'll get a report on that a little bit uh, a little bit later. But uh, we got another caller on the Rare Nation listener line. Who we got up next? Rossi in Australia. Rossi from Down Under. What's up, my man? How are we, guys? Thank uh, you. You're just chilling, kid. Yep. Um, given uh, I'm just just a different philosophy here. So. Like Gruden is a person, no, that's been spoken about, and, and everybody's got their opinions, and that's great. But the, the actual Radio Nation fan base has been, for the past year and a half, saying Gruden needs to stop calling plays. Mm-hmm. We need to stop doing the power run. So now this is that perfect opportunity. So forget the rebuild. If we believe at the start of the season we we're a 9 and 8, 10 and 7 team, that doesn't change. In fact, it maybe even improves because it actually gives Carr, it gives Olsen, it gives absolutely everybody more length and breadth to breathe, be a little bit more playful. Uh, hopefully the first play on Sunday isn't an inside run to Jacobs. Um, yeah, it, I, I just think that this actual move, the reasons, disgusting, uh, I'm I'm appalled. I've I've been a Gruden fan for a number of of, of years, and uh, yeah, as I said, that's just been spoken about uh, a lot. But actually, as a team, why would we go into a rebuild where if we think that this team right now was a playoff caliber team just ten days ago? I agree. I agree. No, that's a, that's a, that's a great point. That's why I said that would be the worst case scenario. But to the 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 person who tweeted to at me, they said. If you bring in a different offensive philosophy and you bring in a different regime, you never know the direction that they want. You never know what a new regime wants to do. You just don't. You don't. And matter of fact, and we'll take a break after this. Thank you for that call. My, my, my guy, PE in North Carolina, hit me up and said, Yo, Q, I think it's been proven repeatedly you don't have to tear everything down just to rebuild it. But I said the same thing when Gruden took over. And that's the thing. 
I don't think any of us, including myself, and if you did, please correct me and say you did, but I'm sure you didn't. I don't think one person when Gruden took over said, oh, man, they got to rebuild this whole team. This team's not not worthy of, of – no. Everyone saw that team in 2017 and said Del Rio lost the damn locker room, and Gruden's going to come in and fine-tune some things and make it work. That's what my expectations were. I'm not going to will, – I will not sit here and lie to you, ever. Now, somebody might call and be like, oh, I saw this coming. No, you didn't. Nobody thought that there was a teardown coming up. I don't even think Gruden thought there was a teardown coming up. Again, correct me if I'm wrong. I'll, I challenge anyone to hit me up on the text line because we have a guest coming up, 69187, keyword R&R, or you could text my cell phone if you got my number, which many of you do. If you thought that this team needed a rebuild before Gruden got, got to the team, you call me and let me know. Hit me up and let me know because I'm willing to call BS on that. Hell, I know in 2017 when, when Marshawn Lynch joined the team, everyone thought that was the piece that was going to put them over the top. And then week three happened in D.C. Team fell apart, never recovered. Gruden came to save the day. At least that's how I saw it. And then he looked at two of the top three players on the team and said, get out of here. I mean, nobody nobody, <laughs> nobody went into 2018 saying, oh, yeah, Amari Cooper's going to get traded, Khalil Mack's going to get traded, this guy. We don't need those guys. Nobody. Hell, Derek Carr just said that not too long ago. I wish we had a time machine so I could get, like, we were on the radio, like, during, like, that week of trades. We're just like, hey, hey, what you doing, man? Promise you that nobody thought that. There was not one person that was like, you know that Amari Cooper guy is not very good. Go get rid of him. And this is not a dig at at, at Coach Gruden. He just looked at the roster and said it wasn't what he wanted. And I don't know how much the Mac, no communication. I don't don't know how all those scenarios went down, so I'm not going to speak on that. I just know he ultimately got traded. But the thing is, too, where people were talking about a rebuild now, just the last couple of years of Carr, I feel like teams would people would want to see, like, hey, we got a team, just, like, keep it. Because if you're wrong, it's going to be real bad. Right. Right. Again, I'm, hey, not calling anyone out. I'm just letting it be known. The tweet that came to me asking me, is it a possibility? Sure, it's a possibility. I just think it would be a bad scenario. I don't think it's necessary. I'm like P.E. I don't. It's definitely not necessary. I've seen coaches take over a team and, and make make it work. I've seen coaches take over a team and tear the roster down and make it work. It's what it is. Hell, Matt Rule did it in Carolina. Everyone knows I'm a big Matt Rule guy. He did it in Carolina. He got rid of the face of the team. He walked in there and said, Cam, bye. Cam ain't been the same since. What team's he on? The couch. Exactly. 228 is the time. Elisa Hernandez is up next. Going to talk to Dodgers. Going to talk to Broncos. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 2.33 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Had a lot of great feedback so far, especially on the Salmon Ash text line 69187. 
uh, keyword R&R, talking about the Raiders roster and what it could potentially look like, not just now, but uh, at the end of the season. And uh, we're going to get back to that feedback, and I'll, I'll let you hear some of those text messages. Of course, we want to hear from you as well on the Raider Nation listener line. But right now, on the hotline is one of my good buddies, one of my good friends, Elisa Hernandez. She does a great job for Sportsnet LA, also does some NFL Network action. And Elisa, thank you so much for your time. Last time you were on, it was the, the opening day of the season, kicking off the season in Tampa Bay. It was Tampa Bay and Dallas, and and you kind of let me know that you were a Denver Bronco fan. Well, it's Bronco week around here. Uh, the Raiders and the Broncos, and uh, what's the confidence level for you right now? I want to start off with the Broncos. What's your confidence level going into this game, both teams sitting there at 3-2? and two? Look, I'm happy to be back on the show. I know Raider Nation is listening, hungry to get that <laughs> AFC West win. Uh, you know, my confidence level as a fan is always going to be at a 10. As trying to be non-biased, it's about at a 7. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a little nervous going in, I mean, but, you know, I think both offices have been really struggling lately, and ours in particular. Um, we've had a lot of injuries. I believe we have, like, seven starters hurt like, going into, like, week week four. Um, right. It hasn't been looking good so far, but I'm hoping that we can pull out a win. It's always hard. To play when we get when we go against the Raiders, it's just one of those rivalries that you know it's, it's almost like this is, the season isn't totally lost as long as you beat the Raiders. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Well, uh, it's gonna it's, it's gonna be a fun game. Right? Raider Nation says the same thing a lot of times. You know, hey, got to beat the Broncos, and then it's of course got to beat the Chiefs, and it's got to beat the Chargers. And I wanted to ask you about the AFC West. Just what have you thought of the way that the AFC West has shook out so far this season? Honestly, it's surprising. You know, I think we, we are got so used to seeing Patrick Mahomes as the king of the mountain, but he hasn't been looking too good the, the past couple of weeks. It's, it's almost odd to see them with any losses in the, in the, in the column there. Mm-hmm. The Chargers are the biggest surprise to me this season. What Justin Herbert has been able to do with this offense, what they did against the Browns uh, this past week was nothing short but impressive. I mean, what they did against the Chiefs, they've really shown that they're coming together as an offense with Eckler and Herbert and all the weapons that they have. I didn't see this coming, and and they've been quietly rebuilding, and little did we know that they were going to be going for that top spot in the AFC West. Right, no no doubt about it. We're talking right now with Elisa Hernandez here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And one more question about the Broncos. I want to ask you about mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he's a guy that I've never been a big Bridgewater fan. I thought he was a good quarterback, never great. But mm-hmm. he seems like that he is really – taken to that 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 Bronco team it looks like they've really rallied around him and really appreciate him what has Teddy Bridgewater meant to the Broncos this season honestly he's a spark you know and it really hurt to see him go out because he was really hitting the stride I mean he completed nearly 77 percent of his passes with 100 plus QB rating in each game and was averaging the highest yards per attempt of his career you know I feel like he finally found his stride coming from you know getting hurt in Minnesota then going to the Saints and being that backup, playing a good role. He's, he was finally getting that chance to show what he could be as a starter. And then it, it just kind of fell off. Right. You know, after week three, um, we, you know, we started 3-0, and and now our offense ranks 24th in the league, and we've only averaged about 13 points uh, in the two losses that we have compared to the average of over 25 points in the three wins uh, going in. So I hope that he gets that focus back because we, we need him. You know, Drew Locke was good for us last year, but I think that Teddy Bridgewater – has the opportunity to really make this his team and really make this his anchor point, you know, within the league 
Um, I, I, I feel it's his position to lose, and I hope that he doesn't lose it because he's come a long way in his NFL journey. You know, he, he really has. Of course, his story is amazing, and it's just what I've been mm-hmm. seeing, and I, I'm hearing from different Denver Bronco players, you know, just different reports of just how much they really are rallying around him. I've just been I've been pretty impressed, you know, because, again, he, <laughs> I, I heard everything about they were going to try to go after Aaron Rodgers, and then obviously that didn't shake out, so I felt like, Bridgewater was just a, okay, well, let's just go get him instead. You know what I mean? And just let's get yeah. him for the time being. But he's really done some good things so far for Denver, and uh, he, he could be a be, a be like a big player uh, this Sunday against the Raiders. You know, it's, it's interesting to see because we haven't really had a solid quarterback to see Manning left. I mean, it's been a revolving door. And even before that, it was a revolving door for that team. Right. So when Payton came, it was really a, a breath of fresh air because – he came, he stayed, he was solid. Obviously, he brought us the Super Bowl. He went to two Super Bowls in four years. And now we've kind of been waiting for another sheriff to come to town, you know, and we're hungry for that because as, as good as Drew Locke was, we put him in a very tough spot coming in. You know, he was a rookie. Uh, we drafted him. We had him learn the offense really early. And I think now for Keddy, it's just one of those things where you're coming in, you can really make this your anchor point, you know, and, and if you're committing to us and you're showing that you have that potential – you know, because you had to think we had Joe Flacco, <laughs> we had Drew Locke. <laughs> right. Then we had, you know, we even brought Osweiler back for yep. a little bit. It's like we <laughs> hadn't yet found that guy. And we have not had luck drafting quarterbacks, especially in the first round. Um, the Tebow era was fun, but that didn't last long either. <laughs> so I just think it's, it's one of those things that, like I said, it's for him to lose. And this can really be his team. This is opportunity. I'm not saying it's his last chance in the league, but I think this is the best chance he's going to have as a starter in this league. You know, Elisa, I think you just said something that should wake up Raider Nation for anyone who may want to move on from Derek Carr. You said you, the, the team had Joe Flacco, uh, had Brock Osweiler, uh, had Tim <laughs> Tebow. I mean, a quarterback's not easy to find. Let's put it like that. Right. Quarterbacks are not right. easy to find. So if you have one, you might want to hold on tight. We're talking right now with Elisa Hernandez. Uh, not only does she cover the NFL, but she does an awesome job covering the L.A. Dodgers. And, of course, the Raiders and Dodgers. There's a lot of Dodger fans that are Raider fans. There's a lot of Giant <laughs> fans that are Raider fans. And I'll tell you right now, this uh, this National League Division Series has been incredible. Two teams that both have 109 total wins. Whoever gets to 110 is going to move on. How much energy <laughs> have you been feeling in this series? I mean, could you have scripted it any better? What did I tell you about these uh, these Hollywood endings? Right. I mean, it's just one. It's one of those things that real life is better than anything you could ever make up. And one of the things that Will Smith said yesterday after winning that elimination game in Dodger Stadium, you know, we asked him, like, what does it feel like you're playing this team for the 24th time this season? You're not really going to see anything new, right. you know. And and he said it clear. He said for us, it's going to be. You know, going out there and playing our game, and they know us, we know them. It's going to come down to who wants it a little more. And he, that you couldn't have said that any better. I mean, it's going to come down to some defensive play, somebody making the extra effort to make a catch, or someone not having that mental mistake to make an error. I mean, these these guys are are all stars, and all of them for the most part. Like they have been competitive the entire season long. We've shown we can win in San Francisco. They show they can win down here. Right. I mean, you couldn't ask a better ending. I mean, we're the only ones going to a Game 5 in the NLDS and ALDS. So, I think it's important for us to watch. And Dave Roberts said it best. If you're a sports fan, if you have a pulse, (laughs) you know, 
you're going to be watching, you better be watching the Dodgers-Giants on Thursday. Yeah, it's incredible. And, again, that's why we're talking to you about it because, again, I mean, both teams have 109 total wins. I mean, that just doesn't happen, mm-hmm. you know? And just mm-hmm. for them to be on the cusp like this and, and you know, the Dodgers, they score a lot of runs, they win. The Giants, they keep it real mm-hmm. low, they win. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what? how do you feel? What are you feeling? I mean, it's going to be back in the Bay. Just what are you feeling with this game on Thursday? What's your pulse? What are your What are you getting out of this game? It's going to be as stressful as it was on the wild card. We're playing the St. Louis Cardinals, and it really came down to that ninth inning. And, you know, Chris Taylor made an impressive uh, hit on Goddess, you know, past that round because that's where it's going. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't think anybody's going to get blown out. I could see it being like a 2-1. Uh, the shutouts really hurt, you know, when we went up there. We got shut out, and we almost got shut out again. So it's one of the things where our bats tend to quiet down a bit when we score a lot of offense in the game before. but. We our backs against the wall have been a theme all season long. I mean, I feel like the the storyline following the Dodgers this season was just wait till they're healthy. Ooh, they're scary now. Just wait till they're healthy, and we're still waiting for them to be healthy. And they've been able to still win 106 games, tied for the highest winning of games since 2019. Obviously, we want that to end differently because they got knocked <laughs> out of the NLDS in 2019. So we're right. looking to rewrite history there. But I think it's going to come down to a very tight game. And like Wilson has said, it's going to be come down to who wants it more, who is going to go on to advance. And honestly, I know the three teams remaining in the postseason are hungry to see them Dodgers again because the Braves want, re- want redemption against them. And you couldn't ask for a better World Series than Dodgers-Astros or Dodgers-Red Sox. Well, I bet you a bunch of Giants fans are like, wait, hold on, Elisa, hold up. <laughs> we know a way that it could be a little bit better. Well, I want to ask you this, and we'll wrap up with this. As far mm-hmm. as this game goes, whoever wins it obviously moves on. It's almost a shame that there's another series after this because this is such an incredible series. But yeah. what do these teams have left, in your opinion, when they do move on in advance? I mean, it feels like they've left everything on the field just getting up to this point. What do they have after this series is over? Like, no disrespect to any of the other teams because obviously they're grinding it out. And obviously, Kike and Jocktober is very much alive um, in their respective teams. But I think for the Dodgers, it's like if they can get over this, not much scares them. You know, it's yeah. almost like if we can take down a team that won 107 games, took the division from us, it's proving that we belong in the postseason. We should have never been in that wild card game to begin with. And I think for them, it's just like they can get over this hump. Nothing else is going to phase them. It doesn't matter. I mean, they faced the Braves before. They were down three games to the Braves. They came back and won that. And I think for them, getting the opportunity to potentially play the Red Sox or the Astros in the World Series, two teams that they lost to. Right. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't ask for anything, but I think that's all the motivation that they will need. And getting past the Giants, the Giants are a very good team. You know, Buster Posey, I always, you know, have a little grin on my face every time he goes to the play, Longoria hit a great ball on that crazy, windy night at Dodger Stadium. And I just think that they could have been matched up better. This could be a World Series had it not you right, know, been right. in the same division. Um, but it's what, it's what baseball is all about. It's why you play this game. And it's one of the things that, you know, Buster Posey also mentioned uh, after yesterday's game. He basically said, like, look, like, they know us. We know them. And he's like, this, this is why you play the game for, for moments like this. And, like I said, I think if you get past the series, whether it's the Giants or the Dodgers, they're going to be pretty pretty confident that they're going to make it and win the whole thing. Right, no doubt. I mean, whoever whoever wins this series definitely has got to feel like they got an advantage over anyone and, and they can uh, mm-hmm. do just about anything. Uh, before I let you go, how's my guy Max Muncy doing? Is he is he going to be back? Is he is he getting healthy? What's going on with Max? 
You know, Max is, he's a fighter, and, you know, we don't have really, I don't have any really updates on okay. him. I know that he's trying really hard. Dave Roberts said that, you know, when he first got injured, that um, he wouldn't need surgery, and I believe he said that you know, they're hoping that he would come back for the for the postseason. Right. Um, they haven't really given much other than that, but we see him around. He is a good spirit. One thing that I can respect about Max Muncy is that he is there, you know, cheering on his guys. Same with Kershaw. You know, those yeah. are two big yeah. key pieces that we lost going into the series. And I think for them to battle back, you know, Walker Bueller pitching on short rest yesterday and not even letting it face him, um, I think it is big for this club. And I think for Max and, and um, for Kershaw to, to come in and, and kind of rally the guys, and especially at first base, you know, Max Muncy has a huge loss there. And so mm-hmm. I think with full holes and, you know, I believe McKinney was playing first base at one point. Obviously, Cody Bellinger has some experience there as well. He's, he's just being there doing what he can for his team. Uh, we hope to see him back. We would love to see him back. Um, but, you know, we're, we're just hoping that he comes out of this even better than, uh, you know, going into it. Yeah, that's my guy. That's my that's my Baylor guy right there, Max Muncy. Right. So, got a lot of love for Max and uh, hated to see that he got he got injured. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for your time. It's always fun. Enjoy the Bay. Enjoy Game 5. It doesn't get any better than this. I mean, it really doesn't. Uh, you got anything coming out that folks need to be on the lookout for? That, that Yeah, anything baseball, football related, anything? Well, you know, the NFL is, is all part of the Latino community. You know, we interviewed Tal Flores here. I interviewed him. Um, I know he's a, he's a little bit of a favorite down in Raiders. Yeah. Um, he spoke to LSNAP NFL. That is the newest NFL account, uh, obviously covering all the Latinos in the NFL, as well as just bridging a gap between the Latin community as well as, you know, U.S. Hispanics here. So I'm really proud to be a part of that initiative. So LSNAP NFL, follow us on Instagram. Um, we're super excited to uh, showcase the new Raider Stadium and hopefully catch a game there very soon. No doubt. And then you got the uh, you got the podcast as well. You got the Sportish on uh, on Believe, right? That's right, Sportish. Uh, we took a little break because baseball and football right. have been uh, working me a bit, <laughs> but, uh, looking to come back with brand new episodes. So make sure you guys check it out on the Believe Network, and you can follow that by following me on Instagram at Hernandez underscore LA and on Twitter at TV. And Raider fans, I love y'all. You know, it's all love and this rivalry. So you guys can feel free to follow me too. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Well, Lisa, you do a great job. We always appreciate you. Like I said, man, enjoy that game five, and I'll be talking soon. Sounds good. All right, guys. See you on Sunday. <laughs> there, there you go. See ya. There she goes. Elisa Hernandez. Uh, she's always fun to catch up with. I always like talking to her. She does a great job covering the NFL and also the Dodgers like a glove. And somewhere Mama Q's like, ooh, you're in trouble, boy. You done got someone talking Dodgers on the radio. She could talk to me like that. <laughs> I already know. But don't worry, Mama. Don't worry. Bonte Hill's going to be coming up in the next hour to talk some Giants. So uh, there you go. We're going to even things out a little bit and see how he's feeling about Game five, again, it doesn't get any better. The Giants and the Dodgers both locked up at two. 2.47 is the time. Come back, close out hour number one. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at the top of the hour, we got Zach Stevens, covers the Broncos like a glove, and he'll give us a detailed uh, breakdown of what the Silver and Black should expect this Sunday up in Denver, going up against the 3-2 and two Broncos, 3-2 and two Raiders. Both teams need victories. Who's going to come out with that, that fourth victory of the season? We'll find out on Sunday, but we'll get a great breakdown from Zach Stevens. That's coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, many thanks to Elisa Hernandez, who just joined us in the last segment to talk some Dodgers and talk a little Denver trash, you know, talk a little little Bronco trash. She's a, she's a Denver fan, and that's okay. You know, we still appreciate her. Uh, got some good text messages and a couple good calls that we'll get to real quick. Text messages, the Sam and Nash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, this comes from All Day Raider A. 
Just heard Carr speak, and I'll tell you what, Q, this might be the best thing this team needed at this precise time. As crazy as it might seem right now, let's see if he takes complete control of this offense. Because the one thing I see and feel from Carr is that he doesn't care how we get the win as long as we just win, baby. No egos needed. Let us all remember, it's Raider Nation, not Gruden Nation. No one is bigger than the Shield. Again, it's all day Raider A. Uh, good stuff right there. And there's been a lot of folks talking today, even though it was unexpected to have so many people talk. Mike Mayock, you'll hear from him a little bit later in the show. Rich Basaccia, the interim head coach, he talked to the media today. And JT played a, a lot of his, uh, his media session, but this was his opening statement. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Rich Basaccia. And... Um, before we get started, um, I'd like to read something to you uh, that I prepared uh, with help from people I care about uh, and that care about me, and um, then we'll go from there. Um, before we talk about our team or our game at Denver, I feel it's important to acknowledge the significance of this moment. Coach Gruden gave me a chance to coach in the National Football League. I'll always be appreciative of that. That being said, we all have a responsibility here and have to be held to be accountable to our words and our actions. No one person. What was that? That's on me. That is definitely on me. Doing a lot of editing on the fly here. And I apologize. So do we not have it? Here's the rest. It's bigger than the Raiders shield. The Raiders have always stood for diversity inclusion, social justice. It's important to live those ideals and carry them into the future. We cannot change the past, but we can do more to maybe make tomorrow better. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. I can um, answer some questions for you and uh, go from there. There's a lot of times. So there's Rich Basaccia, interim head coach, and that was just kind of all over the place as far as uh, our end of things. But uh, you got the gist of it, man. He's very emotional, Coach Gruden. He's been with him for a long time. He's very emotional about uh, the way that he got this opportunity to be the interim head coach. I think that he's going to do the very best job he can. Uh, he's a very well-respected man. You could tell by uh, a lot of players that have formerly played for him coming out and saying something. And then guys like Max Crosby, who spoke to the media earlier, and other guys saying how much they respect and are willing to go out there and fight and claw and scratch for uh for rich Basaccia. so he's got the teams the team's got his back for sure so that's a positive right there let's go out to the raider nation listener line uh as we close out this hour 702-365-9200 let's talk to raider mike what's on your mind this afternoon my man what's up my man chilling anyway man. we're reeling but turn the page bob seager said hold the line toto said and lastly prince let's go crazy because when DC took, I, I went off your your program for to watch that. DC answered all the questions perfectly. He is the ultimate person. I, I think he's the only quarterback who could have handled this situation, and mainly it's because he's he's a Christian, and he, he even said there's one book that has helped me get through this. Um. He said the team had a great practice, and they are focused on football. And he he's ready to go. So you take the reins off him, we've seen what he can do. He's been forced to do it because we've had no running game. Now he, can, he doesn't have 
to listen to, to Chucky no more. If he sees something that in the defense, he's going he's gonna to slice your throat because he has the capability to do it, and he has the horses to do it. So, anyway, that's all I got today. It's still tough, but hold the line, Raider Nation. We're the strongest fan base in the world, and uh, we're tough. <laughs> this is probably the biggest body shot since the tuck, tuck rule, and we withstood that. So anyway, love the show. Keep on doing your good work, Q. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. All right, man. There he goes. Raider Mike, appreciate that. Good stuff right there. And, you know, one of the things that Derek Carr said, and this is from Vinny Bonsignor, a tweet, uh, and then we'll take a break. As Raiders quarterback Derek Carr sorts through things with John Gruden, there's a lot of love the person, hate the sin, and the actions. That goes back to what Raider Mike was just talking about. Uh, what Derek Carr said about there's one book that's helping him get through that. I thought that that was a pretty powerful quote right there. Uh, a lot of love the person, hate the sin, and the actions. And that is something that you can do. And you, you can only do that with the grace of God. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great point that you bring up, Raider Mike. I definitely appreciate that. Thanks for bringing that to the table. 2.57 is the time closed out. Now we're number one. When we come back, we'll open up hour number two. Zach Stevens covers the Broncos like a glove. You'll hear the Denver side of things as this game comes up on Sunday. Man, it's going to be a big one in the AOC West, the Broncos and the Raiders. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.